You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 86. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 86. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. How you doing? It's November. Election week is over. Thank goodness. So much stress and tension. Good Gosh, it's so nice to have all that drama over and just the commercials and everything and the advertising. I don't know. I'm very happy to get back to dealing with just a global pandemic and raising kids and hybrid schooling and holidays coming up where you have to choose, like, should I expose my parents to a deadly disease or uphold family traditions? (laughs) And it's just such a weird time. You know, it's like, I don't know about you, but I am feeling all the feels. I am excited and I am disappointed. I am bored. I am hopeful. I am optimistic. I am pessimistic. I am just, it's just all everything still in that weird place. So if that's how you're feeling, I am here with you. And so sometimes it's nice to just focus on parenting. You know, our parenting dilemmas can really take up a lot of mental real estate. Have you noticed that? And so when we can take a break from the just mind drama and mental clutter of dealing with just things we don't know how to deal with, when we just feel uncertain and we're lacking confidence and we just have this parenting problem we want to solve... Well, sometimes it's a nice thing to focus on. So let's do it. Let's clear up some mental clutter today. Hopefully I can do that for you. Today's question is about, should I push my child to do something uncomfortable if I think it'll be good for her? Okay, so this is coming from a mama whose daughter actually gets to play sports. So I don't know where she's living, but I'm jealous (laughs) because where we are, there's not a lot of sports going on. Uh, certainly not at the competitive level, but she is getting to do that. So lucky her. Okay. So this question says, my daughter's one of the best athletes on her team. She's good enough to try out for the more competitive traveling team, but she's afraid of the commitment and the travel. Believe it or not, she would rather be the best player on her current team than challenge herself to play on a better team. She just wants to have fun and play with her friends. By almost 13, I feel like it has to be her decision, but then it makes me feel like I'm encouraging her not to push herself in life, and that makes me feel like a bad mom. I worry so much that this will transfer to other things in her life. She's such a great athlete. It's a shame seeing her play low. I feel like it's a confidence thing, but I don't know how, as everyone tells her she's the best player. Do I let her decide what she plays, or do I push her into something new and uncomfortable? Okay. This is my parent educator answer. So to the question of, should I push my child? The answer is yes, which by the way you worded that, it sounds like you actually might have the ability to push her, (laughs) which 
you know, I'm kind of jealous. Those of us who have very strong-willed, stubborn children, we would not even be asking that question because we know it'd be impossible. So yay you that <laughs> you get to actually push your child into something they're uncomfortable with. Okay, but how do you know if it's a good push or a not-so-good push? Well, to me, it sounds like your daughter's pretty clear that she just wants to play with her friends. Now, some kids do not have that competitive spirit, that they really do just want to play recreational, that they don't have a drive that make them want to be better. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm like that. I'm not a competitive person. I don't like to push my body to the next level of performance. It's just not my thing. So if she's choosing not to play because it's more fun for her and it's her personality, then that's fine. But if she's choosing not to play out of fear, that's another matter. And because you said she's afraid of traveling and commitment, then, you know, that sounds like a fear thing. And kind of thinking, too, if she wasn't competitive, she probably wouldn't be the best player on her team, right? So I'm going to assume she's got a competitive spirit and she's just scared, like she says, of traveling and commitment. So a good rule of thumb for kids and for parents is to live on the edge of your comfort zone. We like to stay inside our comfort zones because it feels predictable and safe. But if we only stay inside our comfort zones, well, life gets pretty boring. When we avoid things that feel scary, we can develop anxiety sensitivity. We become afraid of being afraid. I'm actually a little worried about some of our adolescents during COVID who have kind of stayed home and sequestered themselves away from anything scary, uh, so much so that they might develop a fear of fear because the normal life of an adolescent is quite uncomfortable. And so on a daily basis, they're usually doing uncomfortable things, which helps really kind of create a more balance and prevents anxiety. But when you withdraw that and you just stay home and you only do things you're comfortable with, Some it can possibly, I'm not saying it's going to, but it can possibly create anxiety sensitivity or a fear of being afraid. So it's important to purposefully put ourselves in uncomfortable situations on a regular basis. This is how we slowly expand our comfort zones, making the uncomfortable comfortable. There's a good motivation and purpose for doing this. It sounds like your daughter's comfortable with where she is now. So you could just encourage her to try things that are slightly new and different rather than completely new. Like this would be good for her mental health. If she just said, like, you kind of said, okay, how about talking to the coach about being team captain or maybe, you know, getting more playtime, ways she can improve, signing up with, uh, like, personal trainer or private coaching or something, you know, so that she's still pushing herself, but maybe not so dramatically as by joining another team. So that's one idea. An almost 13-year-old is already living outside her comfort zone. The push and pull between childhood and adulthood, the hormones, the changing body, the self-consciousness, the precarious friendships. If you listen to the last few podcasts, they're all about middle school age friendships. 
and just the changing, right, of them for the, like, this is my friend today, this month, this year, like, who knows how long it'll last. And then you've got the compare and despair of social media, which really does a number on girls. So just being 12, 13 is a really difficult time to take on something new, scary, and different. So I just want you to have compassion for where she's coming from and why she might say, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, no thank you. I just want to stay in my comfort zone. So my suggestion is for the both of you, mother and daughter, to support each other. And the way I I think this could work for you to support your nervous athlete is to celebrate doing scary things together. It doesn't have to be both together at the same time, but you can brag to each other about one little thing you did each day that scared you, made you a little nervous, made you feel uncomfortable. So when I was overcoming my own anxiety, this is one of the things I started doing. I would order a new drink from Starbucks, even if I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. Like little things to just get used to feeling uncomfortable. You know, paying for the drink for the person behind me in like a I did think I did this on a drive-thru, but it would be even more nerve-wracking to do it in person where they could see you. So I don't know why those things scared me so much, but they really did. So if you and your daughter are kind of bragging to each other and we're like, oh, here's my scary thing. Let me celebrate with you. And like, hey, I, ta- I invited somebody over. You know, I invited a new neighbor over to my backyard or I invited a new friend to meet with me on Zoom and study together. I signed up for life coaching and I'm scared. This is outside my comfort zone. I don't really know what this is going to be all about. Or I talked to my coach about getting more playtime. Whatever it is, thinking about kind of celebrating together things you can do, then your daughter will start to view fear not as something to avoid, but something to be proud of. When she sees her mom taking risks, it takes the spotlight off of her. Most teens are uncomfortable with the spotlight. There's kind of this fishbowl syndrome that happens around 12, 13, not to everyone, (laughs) but to a lot of them where they just want to blend into the background and not stand out in any way because they're so afraid of being judged or being isolated, separated from the crowd, looking different. You know, your daughter might not want to, I I don't know, but she might be nervous to be the best player on our team because that's, even it's a positive thing, it's a way of separating herself out from her friends. If she was to go play up on a bigger team, she might be afraid of losing her friendships. So we want to, you know, recognize and have compassion that this is a scary time, but encourage her and to take on some scary things and to do things with her so that she feels the sense of solidarity that makes facing fears more comfortable for her. So that's the first thing I would do. Both of you together challenge each other to do one small thing every day that makes you feel nervous and celebrate it out loud. The next thing I would do is to ask enough questions to really understand what she's scared of. So I've, as a life coach, this is kind of something that you know, I get to do fairly often. Every once in a while, I'll have a client say like, can you talk to my daughter about this? Or do you ever talk to, you know, teenage boys? And so one of the most powerful tools that I would use if I was coaching this young girl is just to ask her some questions. 
So what happens is when you think, oh, commitment and traveling, ah, scary, is that we just shut it down. We try not to think about it anymore. But if you can really play it out and say like, okay, well, what do you think? Like, what have you heard about traveling that makes you think you wouldn't love it? And to, to be really neutral, uh, you know, and because the hard, this is the hard thing. This is why it's easier as a coach than the mom, because as a mom, she kind of knows you have an agenda. <laughs> but if you can, just kind of open, ask open-ended questions and like, have you heard anybody who's been on traveling teams? What have they said about it? Why does committing make you nervous? So as you can ask, as you ask those questions, a lot of times it's the unknown and the uncertainty that makes things scary. And so when you start to really get down to the nitty gritty, is she afraid of disappointing the coach? Is she afraid of leaving her friends? You know, is there other things that maybe she's scared of? So when your energy is relaxed and neutral, you can ask some questions to see if you can learn more. Once she gives you all of her details, then this is, I guess, step three, <laughs> we'll call it. I want you, mama, to use your imagination to create her ideal situation and reflect it back to her. So you might say something like, so let me get this straight. In a perfect world, you would get to play at a higher level with the friends who are currently on your team two days a week, but no tournaments with a super nice coach. <laughs> and so you kind of create in fantasy what you hear her saying she would like. This is a really helpful technique to give her mental clarity and a sense of calm of like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And so then it takes the fear away. So that's step three. Step four is to ask her, to, it means reflecting, asking, coaching. Basically, I'm teaching you how to life coach your daughter right now, which is hard to do on a podcast, but here's what I would do. So say to your daughter, so honey, if you don't try out for the competitive team, what would be your reason? And do you like that reason? Is that a good reason for you? Do you stand behind that? If you do try out for the competitive team, what would be your reason for doing that? And do you like your reason? So if the reason she doesn't want to try out for the competitive team, even after you're asking questions and reflecting back to her, is still that she's scared of traveling and commitment, you can say, well, do you like that reason? Do you think that's a good reason? Like being scared of something means you shouldn't do it? And just to ask. And then say, if you did try out, what would be your reason? And maybe it's something like, well, because I, you know, if I want to play in high school, I really need to be on that competitive team now because chances are I won't make the high school team if I don't push myself. And then say, okay, do you like that reason? And so whichever choice she makes, encourage her to have a reason that she feels proud of. So this is kind of how to get your child to buy into it, <laughs> to this idea. So my answer to the question of should I push my child? Absolutely yes, unless she has a really good reason not to <laughs> and outright refuses. So Let's go to the life coaching answer because there's so much that's getting in your way because I'm, I'm, this is like a tall order, right? Like I'm kind of giving you these questions to ask her to really help her come to her own conclusion. But 
it's really hard to do it from a neutral energy and you really need to be a neutral energy in order to get her to where you want her to go. So what gets in your way from getting to this neutral energy, being able to kind of coach your daughter, trust your instincts that you know what's best and right for your daughter. There was a lot of things in here, mama. (laughs) So the first one I heard, if what gets in your way is futurizing and catastrophizing, I worry so much that this will transfer to other things in her life, you said. You're taking her behavior at 12 and a half and thinking it's symbolic of who she's going to be as an adult and in other areas of her life and other disciplines. But here's the thing. Nobody tops out at 12 or even 13. Like nobody's their best, most confident self. Nobody wants to take risks and put themselves out there and really like take like grab life by the horns. 12 or 13, every year after this, she will get wiser and braver and come more into her own confidence, especially if she has your support. So the futurizing and catastrophizing, we got to kick that to the curb. It's not helping you and it's making it feel more important than it really is. The second thing that's getting in your way well, I'm curious about this. I, I'm i wondering about your expectations for her and are they too high? I don't know. So you have a sentence in there that says, believe it or not, she would rather be the best player on her current team than challenge herself to play on a better team. Now, this sentence could be sarcastic. You might be saying like, believe it or not, like <laughs> silly her, you know, but I can't tell. So of course, I believe she would rather be the best player on her current team. Like, that sounds great. To play with my friends and to be really good and to never have to face failure (laughs) and take any risks sounds awesome to me. So I'm wondering if you, mom, have high expectations for her based on Were you a competitive athlete? Did you grow up with a parent who was putting a lot of pressure and high expectations? She wants her friends to like her and she doesn't want to stand out. I mean, it sounds pretty typical to me. So it might be helpful for you to take a look at any ideas you have about success, ambition, competition that make you surprised by this. (laughs) So I'm curious, how would your parents have reacted if this was your decision? I'm going to guess that either you or a parent of yours was very competitive. If this sentence is not sarcastic and you're like, I really don't, I can't imagine somebody wanting to not push themselves to a higher level. So that might be getting in your way is kind of the, what what you grew up with and what your expectations are for her. Pressure and guilt, super mom. Hello, you sound like a super mom where it's like, I'm not encouraging her not to push herself in life. And that makes me feel like a bad mom. Like, this is what we do. We put so much pressure on ourselves. We're like, her success is in my hands. If I don't make the right parenting decision, her life could go to hell and it's going to be all my fault. So. Let's take that pressure off yourself, mom, that you can push her or not push her, but her victories are her victories and her success is her success. And it is not all on you. 
Okay. No more guilt, no more pressure. The other thing I heard was that you said, it's a shame seeing her play low. So I'm curious what you're making it mean about her and about you that makes you feel shame by her playing low. So there's a way you're interpreting her playing low that's making you feel like a bad mom, like I'm not doing my job. Like if I was a good mom, I would have a daughter who pushed herself to a higher level, was super competitive. So we just kind of want to find out what's going on for you in there. And there's just always a lot of enmeshment at this age. Like I can remember, you know, watching my son serve a volleyball and miss like over and over and over again. And I was, I'm sitting on the sidelines feeling ashamed. <laughs> It's like, I'm not missing the serve. He is. So this is the age where we tend to, we want to start separating that out so that your daughter can be a high competitive athlete or a recreational athlete and you feel good about it either way. And so that's kind of the last thing that's getting in your way is that maybe some over-identification. Like you said, I feel like it's a confidence thing. Maybe, maybe not. But I think it would be really helpful for you to separate out your stuff from hers because they're so <laughs> enmeshed in over, you're over-identifying. Like, what if we could just focus on you feeling confident in your parenting? Like, what if you knew for certain that the way you were parenting was the perfect way? How would it change the way you handle that situation? Let's get you feeling confident and not worry about your daughter's confidence because we can't fix that. But we can help you feel good about your trusting your gut and your parenting instincts. So here's the thing in the nutshell. Moms are not always the best at knowing what's right for our kids. This is so, and we know our children. We know, we for sure, we know them very well. But there's so many things that block us from having a clear view of what is right for them. So one of the things I remember, I had a summer camp of girls who were like 12 to 14, kind of that age. And we talked about this, about like sharing your dreams with your parents. It's not always helpful because when you're 13, your dream is a little baby dream. It's just a new thing. And let's say you told your parents, like, I remember this one girl, she says, I want to be like a wedding planner when I grow up. I want to plan people's weddings. And so you take a little baby dream like that and you tell your parents, well, then they're going to be like, well, is that a viable career? And do you going to, do you even need to go to college for that? But I think you should go to college because then, you know, you, it's safe, it's something to land back on, but you probably don't need to. And like, does that mean you have to start your own business and how are you going to start your own business and where are you going to get the seed money? And like the parents' default setting is safety. And so if even you, now as an adult, if you tell your parents about a dream that you have, like, oh, I would love to, my dream is to go live in Costa Rica. Their gut response is going to be, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know Costa Rica. You might get bit by a snake. It might be too hot. What if you, you know, and they're just focused on safety. So we do the same. We want our kids to be safe and we want for us to not be embarrassed <laughs> by them. And we don't want them to make mistakes that reflect poorly on us. So just in general, moms have a lot of obstacles that can get in our way from helping encourage our kids in a way that's clean and only about them and not about us. 
life coaching is the thing that clears up that confusion so that you know in your gut what is right and how to help and you separate out you from your child. So my suggestion is one, to try to coach her if you can, to help her come to her own conclusions about pushing herself to the next level. If you can't do that, my next advice is to have her talk to older athletes or family members who played sports in high school or played at a high level and have her get their take on it. If she asks her friends on her current team, should she try out, they're going to say no because they're not playing at her level or they just want her to stay put. So have her talk to other people who have she knows who've played sports. Get advice from people who've been there. It's just, you know, too easy to rebel against mom and for mom to send these mixed signals. So let's take mom out of the picture and just have her talk to other people who've been in her same situation. Today's super mom kryptonite, that energy drain, <laughs> is trying to make our kids feel comfortable and that thinking that that's our job. Because here's the trick. When babies are little, it is 100% our job to make sure our babies are comfortable. We want them to be happy because happy is a sign of being well-fed, well-rested, adequately stimulated, and having all their needs met. If our babies are happy, we've done our job. If they're unhappy, it's a signal for us to step up and take care of them. As children grow older, our job changes. We love to see our preschoolers happy, but our job is more about holding boundaries, making sure they eat and sleep even when they protest loudly, teaching them not to throw their food when they're finished and how to get along with others by sharing and taking turns. So our job changes when babies happy and comfortable preschoolers and toddlers, <laughs> we're going to offer them lots of uncomfortable situations. You know, we teach them how to ask for what they want, use their words. We pay attention to their discomfort, but sometimes we sacrifice their immediate desires for a more important, our values or a more important long-term goal. So we might say no to cookies and yes to veggies before the long-term benefits of that. We teach our kids that a temporary discomfort, like going to the dentist, is worth a long-term goal of clean, healthy teeth, okay? So that's kind of our job. Babies, preschoolers, now we're going to move into teenagers. What is our job of a teenager, of a mother of a teenager? It is not to make them happy and comfortable all the time. If you try and you think that that's your job and you think, as I have had clients tell me, I can't relax until my teenagers are happy, good Lord, are you going to be exhausted. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to be happy all the time, especially non-teenagers. Growth feels uncomfortable and they are growing. Boy, those adolescents, they are changing their identity. They are taking risks. Every day, just walking into a new classroom, sitting with a new teacher, not knowing a subject they have to learn about, talking to new people, making new friends, putting themselves out there to fail or be rejected, it all feels terrible. Your job as a mom of a teen is to be their soft place to land, 
but to also teach them that pushing themselves outside their comfort zone and taking on challenges and facing fears is worth the long-term goal. It's worth the investment. It is worth the effort. Be their cheerleader and their coach. Support their goals, their interests, and passions, and encourage them to always be at the edge of their comfort zone. If your child's passion is hanging out with her friends and enjoying recreational sports, then encourage that. If your child is passionate about playing at a higher level and she's passionate about her sport, then maybe pushing her outside her comfort zone is a place you can support her. You aren't failing your kid if your kid isn't living up to their potential. Nobody lives up to their potential. You aren't failing if your kid is unhappy and uncomfortable. (laughs) Growth involves both of those things. Taking risks, facing fears, and adolescence is a messy time. So the kryptonite for today is thinking your job is to make your children happy and comfortable. Parenting is a messy job. There is no right and wrong. So when it comes to raising teens, you want to say, nope, I'm not here to make them happy. The mantra is love more, care less. Love these crazy kids as they show up today, lacking confidence, scared of new things, insecure. Love that and care less about how they show up in the world. (laughs) Today's Supermom Power Boost, sticking with the theme, is called Constructive Adversity. So adversity is defined by Random House as a condition marked by misfortune, calamity, or distress. And constructive, according to the dictionary, same dictionary, is to improve or promote further advancement of. So put these two things together, constructive adversity is to promote further advancement of misfortune, calamity, or distress. (laughs) I got this term. It just sounds funny because it's so counterintuitive to like a mom's nature of like, protect my child from all calamity and distress and misfortune is kind of our instinct. But this term constructive adversity comes from a school. It's called the Tahoe Expedition Academy, and they use adverse environments to expand a student's comfort zone. So they put them in real life, difficult situations so that they can learn. So I think of constructive adversity as purposefully putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations for the advancement of our creativity, our character, and our growth. Ask anyone who's played sports at a high level if it advanced their creativity, their character, and their growth. So once your kids reach the tween years, taking care of kids has become our comfort zone. Like we're so used to it now. Like, oh, I want to take care of my babies. I want to make them feel comfortable. (laughs) Putting our children's needs before our own and focusing on their well-being, it's easy and familiar. So if you're asking your kids to embrace risk, make sure you are doing the same things. Deliberately do things outside your comfort zone. When you do this, there's so many benefits. Taking small daily risks can prevent anxiety, depression, and the trap of perfectionistic thinking. 
It keeps life exciting. It helps you feel fully present and alive. It fosters resilience and grit, making you more willing to try new things. It helps you trust your gut and teaches you to differentiate between fear and intuition. It gives you practice in managing your brain because goodness knows when you get into difficult situations, your brain is going to tell you all sorts of reasons why you need to go back home and go to bed. And it encourages perseverance. It builds problem-solving skills and creative thinking. So if your child is not in a school that promotes constructive adversity, then it might be a good thing for you to encourage and promote at home. The benefits are so tremendous, but make sure it's mom and daughter, both of you going out there, take a risk that's in in alignment with your values and who you want to become. Today's quote of the day, if it's still in your mind, it's worth taking the risk. Paulo Coelho. I have an editor's take. You know, those of you who listen know that my college son is my editor, and he wanted to give his two cents in because he has, and he was a high school and college athlete, and he was no way in hell would he have done as well as he did without being pushed. So he says, definitely the mom should push her daughter to try out. He has very strong feelings about this. He was not someone who embraced risk or would have pushed himself to the higher level. He had a really awkward year and sophomore year when they put him on varsity. And he was separated from all of his friends and he was failing <laughs> because they said his only obstacle was his confidence. And so the whole the coach tried to boost his confidence, but it didn't work. And he had a really bad year, but he's so grateful he had it. It really pushed him to a higher level. And he just feels really strongly <laughs> that the mom should push her daughter if the daughter is willing. So he says, because everything is so uncomfortable at that age, she's always going to try to take the easy path. He says, this is basically the most important year for her if she wants to have a chance of playing in high school. Worst thing that happens if she doesn't like it or it's too much or too competitive is that she realizes really early that she only wants to play casually and then she can do that and not waste time. But the alternative of staying on the team she's on will probably just see her interest slowly peter out as her friends from that team drop out of the sport or she doesn't make the high school team. At that age, he says, you have no sense of what more competition looks like. And the idea of having to make new friends is always scary, so the daughter will almost certainly say no, even if she does like being a competitor. If she didn't like the sport or didn't like to compete, she wouldn't be the best player on her team. So maybe she's just meant to play at a higher level. <laughs> That's why she's got the skill set. He says, I agree with all the ideas about the mom taking risks alongside her daughter to support her, but she should definitely push her. So if you're gathering information from athletes who've been there, then there's my son is putting his two cents in. But I think it'd be way more powerful for your daughter to hear from people that she knows rather than some random college kid that she doesn't know. So thank you guys so much for listening. It was a big question, a long answer. 
And I just hope that you all will go out there and push yourselves outside your comfort zone. I feel like it was a sales pitch for discomfort. (laughs) Now that I think about it, that whole podcast today was like, go out there and do scary things. So if life coaching is one of those things that scares you, but you're kind of intrigued, and as Paulo Coelho says, uh, if it's still in your mind, it's worth taking the risk, then maybe I'll get to see you for a free discovery coaching call Take care, y'all, and have a great Thanksgiving. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question, and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email, and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.